Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast that, like the Cardinal lineup, loves crushing meatballs. My name's Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. Big meatball guy over here. Big meatball guy. I know. I know. I can tell. And this week on the show, we will be recapping the first week of the 2023 MLB season and taking a look at what we can expect in the next week. If you have an idea for the opening bit, tweet us at Talk About Birds. Wow, we did it! Wow, we have real wow. baseball to talk about. Hambone, it's happening. Uh, it's happening uh, right now. It is. There's. Uh, we're recording Wednesday. There is a, uh, a Cardinal game happening right now. We don't really yeah. want to talk about the current results of that game, but um, you know, it's just good that there's baseball. But before we get into uh, real baseball. I have some fake baseball to talk to you about. So I mentioned it on the show a few weeks ago that uh, some friends of mine uh, for a bachelor party had rented out a stadium, an independent league stadium here outside of St. Louis. And we were going to go and do, you know, batting practice, shag fly balls, just have fun on a professionally kept field. Unfortunately, Friday, there was a massive storm that came through St. Louis. And even though it was frustratingly beautiful at our reservation time, uh, the storm still resulted in the uh, the session being canceled, uh, which was a huge bummer. Uh, you know, I was expecting to I was probably going to hit 10 or 15 home runs, you know, no big deal. Uh, lay out for a few diving catches, probably uh, pump a few fastballs. So, you know, my my real breakout, I, I think there were going to be some some scouts in the in the audience. So really my my chance to really break out of this mundane yeah. existence and, you know, begin my tour de force and uh, the MLB. It stalled. But yeah, instead of instead it, of. Yeah. It's only it's inevitable. It's coming. It is. It is coming. Um, I think like mid late thirties is usually when people really hit their athletic stride. And uh, you you're know, peaking. I'm peaking. I'm peaking. Um, <laughs> so cool. we we uh, instead went and rented out one of those. Uh, it's a Top Golf Suite. Which, okay. Are you are you familiar with this? It's it's not. I mean, I know what Top Golf is, and I know what a suite is. I imagine it's a private area at a Top Golf. Ah, not quite. So this is oh, wow. a, this is a a uh, it was inside of a bar. Is it Top Golf made out of candy? Close or cake, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Yes, it was a giant cake. No, it was a. Uh, so it was inside of a bar. It was basically oh. one of those things where they have like a big screen that has cameras around it and sensors oh, on this like a simulator. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. A simulator. Okay. Yeah. 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 And it had a whole bunch of different sports. Um, you know, the, the main one people were playing was like a golfing game, a top golf style game. You sure. The, it's a real golf ball, real golf club. You hit the ball, hits the screen and it, and it converts it into like 
a digital representation. You see how far you hit the ball and stuff like that. Ones and zeros, baby. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It was fun. You know, it was anticlimactic compared to what we were planning, but still getting, you know, your friends together was a good time. But the only reason I bring all this up is that there was a, one of the games was a pitching game. And so uh, I can't vouch for the accuracy of these cameras or the sensors, but Ben, how fast do you think I threw uh, a fastball at, oh uh, <laughs> at uh, we'll call it 9 p.m., um, you know, a, a, a few IPAs into the evening? Yeah. How fast? Okay. And no warm up, no stretching, no preparation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how fast? So you've got a I couple. Threw? Yeah, you got a couple of IPAs in you. I've seen your mechanics, they're trash. Wow. Um, and how, how were you trying as hard as you could? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say you maxed out at 52 miles per hour. Well, you know, you're pretty close. Uh, yeah. but then I, <laughs> I think I hit 45. So. <laughs> oh, no. What? Yeah, I don't know. I I I feel like I was doing better than that, but I have no frame of reference. Um, and all I can go off of was is what was on the screen. <laughs> uh, wow, I thought, I thought it. Wow, yeah. Well, wow. I appreciate that you thought I could get into the fifties, and I think I could in a better situation. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I I was like, oh damn. <laughs> Yikes. Um. Well. Yep. Best part. I appreciate your shoulder, honesty. Uh, my shoulder was very sore the next day. <laughs> God, I'd also what? help someone. Well, I'd also help someone move earlier in the day. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of throwing involved in that, so I, a, I understand. You know, a lot of a lot of cranking and bending and awkward. Sure. Uh, you know. So anyway, hey, if you're out there and you think you can beat me, let's see it. All right, I want to see some uh, radar guns. <laughs> Um, at least I'm out there, you know, I'm in the game. What are you doing? Yeah. So yeah. I yeah. I mean, we, I, I don't really have anything to compare it to that is like of this decade. So I, I won't talk too much. Um, because I, I don't even know where I would go to get this tested out to see if I beat you. But I, I that being said, I would bet <laughs> all of the money in my checking account that I can throw harder than that. Um, so you <laughs> suck. I would also bet that you can throw harder than that. You've got like <laughs> six inches and like 40 pounds on me. So. <laughs> also, just very... that natural athlete. I, I just oh, move yeah. gracefully, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. You're like a gazelle. Um, <laughs> so. Faster, though. Faster. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're like a fast gazelle. Yeah. <laughs> no, known for their slowness. So. Ugh. Right. Uh, also important in throwing a ball, uh, speed. Yes. Um, so yeah, so that was, uh, that was fun. Wow. And, uh, yeah, you really suck. That's good to know. I, I appreciate yeah. you sharing that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but it's still spring. I think by get me into summer, you know, once I've really gotten in my reps, put in my innings, yeah. I think Is I can there a video that. of this. No, I don't believe so. Okay. All right. Um, so yeah. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about before we get into the games is that uh, so next week I am traveling to Denver to go to all three Cardinal games with Ben here. 
uh, which wow. I'm super excited about. I don't do this every year, but most years since you have moved out to Denver, or at least more than half of the year since you've moved out to yeah. Denver, I've been able to come out and go to all the games. There's usually at least one series in Colorado for the Cardinals. Right. And so um, this year it is what the the third the fourth series of the year so i know uh, kind of disappointing on the timing yeah. but you know i guess we'll take what we got um weather is supposed to be fine which is always a question this early in colorado yeah um but no we'll have a great time i'll uh, i'll show you around show you my my old haunts mm-hmm. um and the good news is it's going to be a much you know, different level of competition for our Cardinals than uh, the Jays and the Braves and yeah. Milwaukee. Um, so maybe they'll win. Hey, maybe it should be should be better for the Cardinals. And we'll talk about these, uh, the Blue Jays and uh, Brave series here in a moment. Um, but the so, last thing I want to say before we we get into that um, is that we're we're going to be recording also in person next week, uh, which is something we haven't done for like ever. Te- like, well, when when the show first started back in 2013, when we did our first run of it, when yeah. you lived in the apartment right down the street. From oh, me, would, yeah. We recorded I'd, in our I'd my family my, room. Yeah. Yeah. I'd grab my microphones, my two microphone stands. And I'd walk down to your apartment and we would record in the same room the first yeah. for, for the first like year, I think, or so of the show, we did it that way. Um, and then you moved and we moved to our virtual uh you know process that we we do now. So uh I, I don't really know how we're gonna do it yet, uh, from a sound and just like technical standpoint, but we'll figure it out. So if next week if it's yeah. a little weirder, you know, that's why. And also I can jump across the table and clothesline <laughs> and uh next yeah, time he ins- insults my uh my my velocity. I'm wondering, you know, there is a fast pitch game at Coors Field. I think some great content for the pod would be to us both participate <laughs> in the game, even though I think it's like twenty bu- bucks a I pitch. Yeah, I think we'll have to do that and uh, we'll maybe uh, post the results online unless they're horribly embarrassing. I think we absolutely have to do it even more so okay. if it's absolutely embarrassing. <laughs> okay. I, why do you think you brought this story up? So, okay, uh, okay. so I, I'm going to I'm going to dedicate myself to I'm going to have a couple of IPAs <laughs> and then we'll butt the line, get all the children out of the way for the fast pitch. Get out of here. And get out of film here. It. We'll, we'll get this going for sure. Yeah, I think we both should do it. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna be at the stadium three days in a row. We'll have yeah. plenty of time to uh, to yeah. get in there and do that. Um, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> All right, <laughs> uh, big competition here. Um, see, does it measure vertical movement? Uh, you know, I've been really I've been working yeah. on my curve. Yeah, I'll see if they. Uh, I'll text them see if they got Statcast there. I'm gonna guess no, but maybe. It's all in the wrist, my dear boy. All right, so let's talk about. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, we got a lot to talk about here, Ben. Yeah. Let, uh, let's just get into it. This is uh, it's, we're, we we've had 
five games and we've already wow we've got some con we've got some controversy that yeah. i kind of hate that you know i think even by time this episode comes out i'm hoping that this conversation has died down a little bit but it's all anyone is talking about right now so let's just jump into it um if you're unfamiliar uh in the game on tuesday there were all sorts of uh mistakes and base running uh you know gaffes but notably there was a moment where tyler o'neill um was thrown out at home on a single uh he, he was running from second and he got thrown out by i don't know five feet right like it was yeah. it wasn't particularly close it was a pretty surprising moment you don't see guys especially someone like o'neill get thrown out like that far away from home plate yeah. very often and uh but i don't know i didn't think too much of it in the moment it was disappointing but i didn't read any like underlying issues in it other than i think uh the send at third was you know a problem but anyway uh Later that night, Ali Marmol um, basically publicly questions uh, Tyler O'Neill's, you know, hustle, his yeah. willingness to give it all uh, in this play. And then Tyler O'Neill has since come out saying, like, this shouldn't -uh. have been handled. Yeah, like, I, I give it my all <laughs> all the time. This should yeah. have been handled behind closed doors. And here we are. Uh you know, this is not the first time we've seen Ali Marmol question a player uh, in the media. Um, at times, he gets praise for that, for his no nonsense. You know, tell the tell the press the way it is. Um, but you know, you don't. This one's a little bit different because the player is actually pushing back also publicly. So I don't know, Ben. What are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, there's so many thoughts wrapped up into this. So number one. Uh, I'll say don't run on Ronald Acuna. He has one of the best arms we've ever seen. And that ball was not hit very deep. Also, you would have been in a great situation um, as far as like bases loaded um, in the in the ninth inning and potential to add on more. Uh, I think that Tyler O'Neill's secondary lead was a little bit weak uh, uh, after the pit or once the pitcher got in motion. I think that was part of the problem. I think Pop Warner's send was part of the problem. Um, I also think that like clearly this is a conversation that's going on internally. Clearly, Tyler O'Neill's goal is to play 150 games this year and not get mired by injuries. And I think a way to make sure that that doesn't happen is that you don't get a lower half injury in game five when it's cold outside uh, running as hard as you can um, around the bases. Like this is a plan um, that he is in league with uh, doctors, with uh, the Cardinals staff. Pop Warner should be aware of this. Pop Warner should be able to make the calculus. Oh, it's early. Oh, Tyler's trying to stay healthy. That ball wasn't hit very far. And Ronald Acuna, literally has the strongest arm of any outfielder in baseball. We looked it up on StatCast before we got on the record today. Um, and, and his average throw speed is like 97 miles per hour, which puts him one or two yeah, in he baseball. Good. So, yeah, all those things added up. It was a bad send. I think, uh, you know, with Ali Marmol, we get a lot more transparency than we have ever gotten, at least in our baseball lives as far as uh, the manager speaking to the media. And I think that um, 
this is probably why most people don't speak to the media so freely is because Jimmy the Cat Hayes and every other reporter a dummy like us, you know, sinks their teeth into something like this. And my two cents is that this, this is really a non-story. I yeah. think that Ali, like there's no deep-seated issue in between Marmal and O'Neill. Uh, O'Neill is out. He's not playing today. Scheduled day off. I'm not worried about any of this. I think that this is a non-issue that was probably squashed last night over an ice-cold Budweiser. Uh, by the way, why I was talking, Jordan Walker just f- hit his first big league home run. So uh, shout out Hi. to uh, Jay Walk during this. But Hell yeah. re- if you want to exactly timestamp when we're recording this, I'll give <laughs> you the uh, the option to do that. Uh, bottom of the seventh inning, go Jay Walk. Uh, line drive. Um, but really, I don't think this is that big of a deal. Uh, Tyler Walker is, or Tyler Walker, Tyler O'Neill <laughs> is the center fielder for the Cardinals. He is highly valuable. I, I think I said last week I project him to be the most valuable position player on the club. I, I think the right thing to do is to move on. Let's keep Tyler healthy. Pop Warner, don't run on Ronald Acuna. I, I, I truly think that this would be a non-conversation if almost any other player in baseball was playing right field. Um, but it wasn't. So here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I tend to agree. I, all of these things blow up way more than uh, what's actually happening in the locker room. Um, it's a little surprising for Tyler O'Neill to even bother to push back, uh, but he's got his own, you know, um, intense and uh perception on the situation but likely this will all be done in a day or two and even hopefully by the time you're listening to this it's old news but we felt like we had to talk about it because it's it's like everywhere right now And, and i think my read is like everything you just said plus like they didn't look good in that game. They didn't look good in the game before. The pitching hasn't been there. I think that we got a little emotional. There's a little people yeah. are a little hot and bothered because of uh, the way that the team is playing in a, a very minute window, right? Like in the moment, I, you know, obviously Marmol wants that game. Um, so I think that's really what it was. He's he's uh, he's locked in. He's fiery, and he. I don't know. I'm I'm not. Yeah, it's I good. Thinking- it's good to know what they're thinking. I was thinking there that like the the manager is almost more of a like political position nowadays. Yeah. You know, it's it's a people management position. And Ali Marmal is an incredibly smart guy. And we don't know what his intent uh was in that statement he's also a very candid and you know at times emotional guy it may have been truly just he's saying exactly what he's feeling and he was sharing it publicly could be uh you know that there's some other motives here around motivating the, the rest of the team and uh you know maybe it wasn't the best thing to make an example of but he felt the need to make an example of a moment and to point out to his team that he's not afraid to uh, call these sorts of things out. And, you know, it may be just that. So who knows? Well, we can stop talking about this. But And I just want to be clear, like, it's also possible for Ali to be mad, Tyler O'Neill to be mad. They both say that they're mad. They go have an argument that's loud and demonstrative in the clubhouse and then move on and be fine. Like... 
Yeah. This yeah. It's this not, actually pretty you know. normal in sports. <laughs> it's a right. bunch of it's often a bunch of meatheads all yelling at each other. So. <laughs> Jonathan Papelbon once <laughs> choked out Bryce Harper in the dugout on camera and they played together the next day. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Although Jonathan fine. Papelbon obviously like the worst. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on. Um, there's uh, I, the first week of games has been incredibly, um, I think, demonstrative of what we were expecting this <laughs> year to look like. We're getting it all right. Let's start, yeah. though, I think, with the good. Something I hinted at uh, with the opener, uh, the Cardinal offense. Uh, you and I yeah. and and pretty much everybody in baseball have been very high on this Cardinal lineup. And I think, uh, despite the outcomes of some of these games, I think that that, uh, that perception and those predictions, uh, have been justified early and in some ways in ways that we weren't even expecting. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, well, I, I, uh, tweeted a tort earlier this morning. Uh, Cardinals are leading, baseball in <laughs> average on base percentage and they have the lowest K rate in the big leagues right now uh as a team. Yeah. Um so the offense is showing up. Um also like we could talk how bad the pitching is right now but every year when players come out of spring training the pitching is behind the hitting. I think that that's even more true this year because of the WBC, the level of competition, the way the players came out of spring. Everyone was locked in, not to mention like hyper specific to Cardinals camp. Unless your name is Arenado Goldschmidt or Wilson Contreras, you were pretty much fighting for your life. Like these guys, this was as hard fought as a spring training. So it makes sense to me that the hitting is way ahead of the pitching to be to to start off. Um, That being said, I think when you look at this offense, the fact that we're seeing huge contributions from Gorman and Donovan uh within the first week showing up with power showing up with big grindy at bats especially nolan gorman showing this patience like i'm excited about this team offensively right now yeah the uh uh gorman i mean that's so much fun right we we had all the off-season talk about the swing adjustments can he handle the high heat uh you know can he bring that into majors can can we see that against good pitching and uh so far incredibly small sample size but it sure looks like the gorman breakout is happening my gormania bid has been flaring (laughs) dramatically i've applied all the creams i've got all the ointments the injectables but the gormania is not calming it's it's raging uh and it's kind of felt good uh and then (laughs) brendan donovan uh already you know half his home run total from last year um if he can keep that power up even like you know half of what it's looked like in this first uh half of this of the uh, first week of the season you know he's a totally new player i've been seeing some comps to uh, Matt Carpenter's development and growth in in yep. the uh, in the majors, and that's obviously incredibly exciting. Thinking about uh, what Carpenter was, uh, I think obviously projecting anyone to be near what Matt Carpenter was is like an unfair projection, but uh, it's fun to think about, and you can see some of the um, 
you know, there, there, there are some, some parallels here in their play yep. style and in the way that they approach the game. So, uh, yeah, those two have been incredibly exciting. And with that, I think that's a great comparison. I think that's a lot of fun. I'm going to dream on that for sure. Um, but we're also seeing Brendan Donovan has yet to walk this year. Now, if you are reducing your walk rate to increase your power, obviously, um, as long as that power stays up, that is a fine and dandy adjustment. That, like we'll right. take that all day. Obviously, Matt Carpenter did it for a reason. Almost won an MVP once doing that. Um, but it's a different player. It's a different look. The good thing is, is that he maintains his hyper flexibility on the field. And if you have a guy that can hit twenty five bombs, walk a little bit, and play overall, play all over the field. That is super duper valuable, especially yeah. to how the Cardinals are configured right now. So all here for it. Um, curious to see how it goes on, though, because he was the he he was the the thorn in the side. He was so great um, at, at extending at bats and, and getting those walks last year. We'll see how far away from that he's moved. Like we've said, you all know this. It's super early. It's hard to hard to really. Yeah, tell, but um, we'll find out. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what do you do? You want the three ninety four hundred OBP and no power, or like a three thirty and a bunch of power, or a three twenty? Right. You know, that'd be a pretty dramatic swing for him. But it is kind of crazy he hasn't drawn a walk yet. So, um, who else? I think uh, we got to talk about Jordan Walker. You already mentioned he's now hit his first home run, uh, which is going to uh, that the bats are low enough now that that's probably going to make some pretty big differences to what his overall numbers look like uh, this early in the season. But even still, I think um, early takeaways is that there's a reason this guy is on the major league roster and uh, he hit ball hard. Yeah. I mean, all we, every single uh, at bat it's, 107 exit velo, 111 exit velo, 105 exit velo, pulling up the home run he just hit while we're recording. Only a, a paltry 104.2 miles per hour, 383 feet. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, he looks a little bit, other than that home run, he looks a little bit like he's jumping at the ball, kind of getting a little too excited. And uh, But w- when you see exit velos like that, even if the launch angle isn't perfect, you'll you'll absolutely take that. He'll get more comfortable um, he'll start launching the ball like we just saw five minutes ago. Um, and I think he looks every bit a major leaguer to me uh, in the field, at the plate, so on and so forth. He had a, yeah. a throw from right field that was clocked in at around 99, 100 miles per hour. Um, I think the one thing, um, I guess if I if I had to sit here and really pick on Jordan Walker to be like super nitpicky, uh, like, hey, kid, what are you doing? It's just like hit the cutoff, man. Throw to second base from the outfield. You got a cannon for an arm, but let's like, you know, yeah, play, play a little more conservatively. Yeah, stick with the fundamental. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's like uh, everything else. I'm, yeah. I'm fine with the the yeah. The, the process is great. The results are coming. Um, I think he has a six game hit streak to start the <laughs> to start. What else do you want? Yeah, I uh, there's a good tweet. This is from Eric Cross. Uh, so he he writes Jordan Walker, the good and the bad so far. So this is before today's game. So some of this would change, but the good he's tied for first in 100 mile per hour batted ball events with 10, 
55% of his batted ball events have been 100 miles per hour plus. He's tied for fifth in 105 mile per hour batted ball events or 105 mile plus. And 33% of his batted ball events have been 105 miles or uh, or higher. And then, so basically, he's every time he hits the ball, every time he has a batted ball event, it's going for 100 to 105 or more miles per hour. And that is uh, really, really high up in, in league standings. Uh, but the bad, none of those batted ball events have been a barrel. So, um, yeah. a, and it has a launch angle of negative 5.9 degrees, um, which those two and two go together. You, if you barrel the ball, you're not, you're normally hitting it at least flat, if not up. Um, so he's right. hitting it on a downward trajectory, but he's hitting it so hard that it's often finding a hole and and getting through. We saw several of his hits so far have been like 113 mile per hour ground balls yeah. that no one has a shot at making. So today he had his first home run, which is obviously going to be a better launch angle. Um, but I think that's what right to what you're saying. He's sort of jumping yeah. at the balls. He's ahead of it, but he swings so hard that even his non barrels are 100 miles per hour. <laughs> it's got to be when he starts barreling the ball consistently, that's when it's like, Look out, everybody. Uh, I mean, like, we we might see a 120. <laughs> we might yeah. see a 120 from Jordan Walker this season. Um, yeah. Which is something that like O'Neill Cruz, John Carlos Stanton, and Aaron Judge do, and like no one else. And I, I know we're talking a lot about exit velo right now. And I think the reason that I don't, I don't need to explain this to you, Nate, but just to kind of, uh, the reason I find the exit velo so interesting, especially with a young Jordan Walker, is as we've talked about, like you can't fake that. You can't luck into hitting the ball 112 miles per hour. That's a real, like, measured thing. And all he needs to do be a little bit more patient, find his pitch a little bit better, get under the ball. Like we're talking a quarter of an inch, and those yeah. balls are going to start to launch, and and people in the in the bleachers are going to have to start like. Yeah, bringing safety equipment to uh, baseball yeah. games. But well, anyways, very that's what they mean when they say look at underlying numbers. You know, good process results in good outcomes, even if not every outcome is good. Um, so you look at those process numbers like exit velo and you trust that, uh, you know, good things will follow. And we've seen it today. Uh, speaking of uh, good process and good things following, uh, Alec Burleson, who has suddenly found himself in the two hole very often, which is yeah. a, a, an interesting decision, but um, he's had a couple big games and has also been hitting the ball really hard, um, which has been really nice. And so we've got Gorman hitting the ball hard. We've got Brendan Donovan hitting the ball hard. You've got uh, Burleson and Walker. We haven't even talked about Goldie and Arenado who are both having great starts to the season. Like there's a reason why the team is leading the league and a ton of uh, offensive stats has been said at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, and I guess if you want to touch on Wilson Contreras as well, who we had a brief scare when uh, for, you know, he also almost became a victim of Jordan Hicks. If you remember, uh, Yachty spent some time in the hospital because of a fastball from Jordan Hicks. Uh, happened to uh, Wilson as well, but fortunately, major injury was avoided. But anyway, what have you been? What have been your early takeaways from Wilson Contreras? Yeah, I think first off, 
toughness, 103 mile an hour <laughs> sinker off the kneecap, and off he came back uh, basically right away. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, I'll tell you. I don't want to be too much of a homer, but I thought he's looked absolutely fantastic. I think he's looked great behind the dish, like unnoticeable. Um, he threw out uh, Acuna the first day, uh, the first matchup against the Braves, who is uh, clearly one of the best base dealers in baseball. Um, so he's looked great from a defensive standpoint, better than I thought. He looked, I think he's looked way more quiet behind the plate than I had expected. Um, so we'll obviously follow that and, and see what happens. Um, uh, as the season goes on and if he can maintain that. But I would say for me, my favorite thing about watching him uh, so far, and, and maybe I knew this, maybe I didn't know this really, but is that he kind of has this all fields approach with serious power. Um, and, and it's like line to line. We haven't seen him yeah. pull a ball super, super well yet, but the fact that he is able to go up the middle um, and uh, and like right center, right field with like, Big time power, like home runish type power, uh, has been a lot of fun. That plays super well for this team. Um, he's but done nothing but hit the ball hard everywhere and look great. I, I've been really impressed. Um, happy to have Willie. Yeah, same. So last couple touches on the offense, I think, and then we'll talk about the pitching. Um, so Newt Bar, everyone's favorite. Uh, you know, the star of the offseason jams his thumb in the opening day, hits the IL, uh, and the Cardinals get to test the depth that we've been talking about immediately with uh, Juan Yepes. Remember, we say Yepes here. Uh, Yepes is called back up and has been getting a little bit of action. Got a couple hits, looking looking good. So, uh, bummer for Newt Bar, but... This is going to happen, right? This We're going to probably have this outfield roulette all season, uh, whether it's injury or ineffectiveness or whatever. Um, you know, we'll, we'll probably be seeing different guys uh, all throughout the season. Um, so let's talk about the pitching. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how do you want to how do you want to start this, Ben? I don't know. I guess like there's not a lot of good to talk about. So I think we just need to dive into it. And I think the best example of what is going on with the Cardinals pitching right now is probably Jack Flaherty. Uh, Jack Flaherty had a really weird start. Um, five no hit innings. Um, I wish I could stop it there. Uh, but it was also <laughs> Let's just say, what a what a start. Five no hit innings. Jack's five no back, hit baby. innings. It's Jack's done. back, baby. Uh he threw about 50% ball strikes on that, which is obviously bad. He had seven walks against four strikeouts. He was all over the place. Uh, he was all over the place with his location. He was all over there, all over the place with every pitch that he throws. The uh, uh, speed on his fastball was jumping up and down. He did not have it. Um, it's, it's kind of amazing that he did not give up a hit. Um, and I think it was only because of how wild he was. Uh, people weren't wanting to swing. Um, at what he was bringing, I would say on uh, the scale, I I'm pretty worried about Jack right now after that start um, because of the dipping velo, because of the uh, not being in control. And, you know, Ali came out and said after the game, um, his timing isn't there, his body isn't synced up, so on and so forth. OK, yeah, like 
everyone else is looking better. Well, everyone else other than Jordan Hicks is looking better than that right now. I'm a little bit worried. I'm like a four or a five. I'm still not freaking out about Jack because like if 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 you're absolutely not going to have anything to bring to the table and you can still go five innings and no hit, um, even though it was pure chaos, like that's not the worst possible outcome. He could have been destroyed ball after ball going over the wall. So I don't know really yeah. where to come other than I, I am. I am a little more worried than I was last week about Jack Flaherty. To, to me, in some ways, we saw both ends of the variance spectrum on uh, and Babip from the opening day Michaelis game to the uh, Jack Flaherty game, where on opening day, Michaelis was pitching pretty well and just could not catch a break when it came to uh, the placement of the ball. I mean, it was was there like three singles in a row that had an EV of 70 miles per hour or below yeah. just like everything was finding the exact same, the exact place to go exact hole falling right in between guys. And the blue Jays put up 10 runs. And then the next day uh, you've got the Flaherty start and he is all over the place and the blue Jays can't, cannot string together a hit and somehow they walk 10 times in that game and <laughs> yeah. score what was like one run or whatever. Um, you know, there were a few like Flaherty had a few sliders uh, that did look good every once in a while. He was painting the corner every once in a while, which, you know, made me think that was part of his problem is that he was trying to be too uh, particular too perfect with his pitches and just overcooking them or, you know, I don't know. It, yeah. it was all over the place, obviously. And I, I share your concern. Yeah. It's, you know, when, when Jack had that great second half in, in 2019, what he was doing was, well, first off he had his stuff look great and he was filling up the zone and he was challenging guys with fastballs, sliders and everything else in the zone with good sequencing. You didn't know what he was going to throw and what count. Um, and yeah, he's, he looked off balance. He, he looked timid. It just wasn't, just wasn't what you expect. And, you know, you kind of need your best guy to make it a, work a little bit better when he doesn't have his best stuff. I almost would have rather him given up a couple of hits and a, a couple of runs and stayed in the zone and stayed relevant in every at bat than, what we saw, even though you get the win. Um, but looking right. at Jack for 2023, like it, it was just a weird, it was one is, of the weirdest starts I can really think of. Honestly, it made me think of the Edwin Jackson, no hitter from, uh, I don't know, somewhere between three and 10 years ago <laughs> where he, uh, was like 160 pitches, like yeah. eight or nine walks. Uh, but you know, a no hitter also, uh, so, you know, I think if it were later in the season and Flaherty had less of an injury concern, uh, you could see Marmol just being like, all right, let him stay out there. Why not? You know, we'll see yeah. how long this can go. But um, I, it was probably the best thing to get him out of there. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that performance, I think, while the 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 most bizarre of the week um, was really reflective, I think, of uh, what we've seen for the first run through the rotation now, which is 
no quality starts, barely making it, uh, you know, halfway into the game, usually leading to the the team being behind. Uh, now, you know, to be fair, Braves and Blue Jays, I think when this season's all said and done, very likely two top five offenses. So yeah. really, really challenging lineups to for everyone's first start of the season. Um, you know, that, I, I don't want to make excuses, but I do think that has to be considered when you look like yeah. these are two of the best teams in baseball, at least especially on the offensive side. So it was going to be a challenge. Um, so challenge, you know, uh, met and failed, but at least, you know, <laughs> you, at least they, they weren't getting beat up by like the pirates or, or anything yeah. like that. Um, but it's, it's it, exactly what we, we knew going in, right. Is that this yeah. rotation is, is on razor's edge. They are going to have to be perfect, uh, they, game in and game out. When miles misses a ball, middle, middle you know, he doesn't have the stuff to get away with it from time to time. It's going to get clobbered almost every time. And the same is true for Montgomery. The same is true for Steven Matz um, and Jack when he's not going well. Um, so, yeah, it's yeah. just kind of kind of the way it is right now. I thought Matz, you know, again, while the results were not great, I, I was overall happy with Matz's game. Um, yeah, I'm I, I think. He's someone I think he's a real crucial part of well, every starter is pretty crucial considering yeah. the the you know the rotation, but like he's the real unknown to me. And uh he struck out Matt Olson three times in a row. That's a pretty good yeah. uh a pretty good run. He really only had a couple of bad pitches um that got him yeah. out. Um and, and honestly, one of them wasn't even that bad. He just he threw it inside and Arcia was sitting on it and just I mean I'd feel comfortable throwing inside to Arcia if I was Steven Matson, yeah. but he was just ready for it. And you know, that that's just how baseball goes sometimes. So yeah, I agree though. His stuff looked good. It was lively. Um, and he only got into a little bit of trouble. Uh, and you know, first start after a words, weird season last year, I'm, I'm not worried about him. Um, yeah. and, and I'm encouraged by what I saw. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, from the bullpen side, again, a pretty good mix. Um, I think the big story, you mentioned him already, uh, Jordan Hicks. When we went on C70 show, you know, we talked for a while about Jordan Hicks and what we can expect from him this year. And uh, there was a lot of concern and hesitation expressed. And we're seeing that already, besides almost breaking our brand new catcher, uh, he's been all over the place. Uh, I saw someone online say he might throw the most hittable hundred mile per hour fastball in, in <laughs> baseball. And it certainly felt that way after this week. It boggles the mind. Um, lo- missing location is obviously a huge part of that. Uh, how many times have we heard old timey baseball players say you could throw it 120 and a good hitter will time it up eventually. Um, the five walks and three and a third innings is is really scary, uh, and, and the fact that he's just getting pummeled. Yeah, it's it's not a great look. His ERA is currently sitting at thirteen five. Um, he's not getting strikeouts. He's walking a bunch. It's really early, but this is exactly what we saw in spring training. Um, I think I'm I'll, I'm 
he's probably who I'm most panicked about just because he is most likely to still get high leverage innings while being ineffective. And I just don't know what to do. What is the, he just can't find the strike zone. What is the, what is the advice? What is the change here? What's, you know, trust your stuff, fill up the zone. Like he's hearing that he knows that's what he's supposed to do. He just can't do it. Um, he seems unwilling to take anything off of his fastball to stay in the zone a little bit more. I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Um, I think what needs to happen is he needs to, um, be pulled from the higher leverage situations until he can find that strike zone. And, yeah. uh, someone like Zach Thompson, who has looked great out of the bullpen so far, yeah. um, you know, and, and maybe he already has, we've already been seeing him go into, uh, later innings, but I think Zach Thompson, Gallegos, Helsley right now are your, are your three best relievers. And I know we want Zach Thompson as more of a long man, but you got to get those outs in those close games. And if that means you're only using Zach Thompson for an inning, that's fine. Uh, but Hicks right now is looking like the type of guy who comes in and gives up three, four, five runs in an inning. And yeah, uh, yeah, can't have that when you're already, uh, you know, maybe giving up three, four, five from your starters. Yeah. And hey, Drew Verhagen has been good. What is in that? The same amount of, yeah. Yeah. He, he's got a bunch of strikeouts already. He's only got three and a third, just like, uh, uh, just like Hicks, but he's yet to give up a run. He's looked solid. I don't know. Maybe this is how the season works out. Maybe it is a rotating door in the bullpen this year. Um, I, you know, I, I think Gallegos not being fully ready to go with the lower back tightness really exposed some parts of the bullpen this week. Yeah, but that's fine. I mean, that is that's how most people's bullpens are. You'll have a couple of guys going right. hot. You'll have hopefully two or three uh, real true back end guys. And of course, if your second best reliever is not healthy, it's going to show some warts, um, right. especially like you already mentioned this, but when you're playing mm, two of the best, two of the top five offenses in baseball over a week period with it still being the first week of baseball, like, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to expose some warts. Um, but like I said, Hicks is the only one I'm really like, good. Yeah. What do we do here? Yeah. Uh, funny, funnily enough, I wonder if they've like, I can't imagine it's playing this way, but Zach Thompson also has three and a third innings pitched. So all these guys have the exact same amount. And uh, he's currently rocking an FIP of 1.13. Yeah, that's good. We like that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think the bullpen is good. will be good, um, but there's a lot still being sorted and and settled. So how how about this really quick? Uh, Miles Michaelis. Uh, on that first start, you were talking about how he was just getting dinked and dunked. He has an FIP from that start of 0.53 and an ERA of 13.50. Yeah, I thought so, he looked good. That was yeah. that was one of the mo- like it, I mean, objectively, like what a fun opening day, you know? Yeah. Like that great was game. such a great game. Um, it had everything you would want, other than. Uh, the Cardinals getting the L yeah. (laughs) Right. Uh, but even that it was like, man, like this, like I, I didn't feel bad about any Cardinal pitcher from that game, you know? Um, and then they win the next two games and you're like, damn, we almost like 
very well could have swept the Blue Jays to open this season. Uh, and then now we can confirm uh, that the Cardinals have been swept by the the Braves. So, of course, everyone's feeling like shit now. But, yeah, <laughs> this was uh, <laughs> this was a really interesting first week of games. And uh, we're going to talk about who the Cardinals are playing in the next week here in a moment. But anything else you want to talk about from this week uh, before we move on? No, just, uh, you know, I, I, I'm hopeful as uh, as they go into the next week that the pitching will settle down a little bit. It's really hard to judge a team on a pitching staff's first go around uh, on yeah. the order. I'm, uh, but it, you know, being a weekly podcast, it's easy to uh, overreact, and, and we <laughs> might as well, right? That's what we do here. So yeah. Well, uh, so we're gonna we're gonna break down the upcoming series and talk about some stuff from around the league. But before we do that, we want to remind everybody that this show is fan supported, listener supported on Patreon.com. Patreon.com slash talking about birds. If you enjoy the show, want to support its creation, consider subscribing. Uh, we have a bunch of different tiers. Anyone who subscribes that gets access to our private Discord server. We call it the Bird Scored. We're having a great time in there. Uh, it's a great place to chat with other Cardinal fans and kind of get a break from the noise of all the other social media. I like to think we're a pretty positive uh, environment. So if you are sick of... Uh, everybody just losing their minds on social media about any individual <laughs> moment. Come and hang out with us. You know, we're we're having a good time in there. Um, it's, a, it's a much more measured take overall. I yes. would say. Yes. Uh, we use the money from the Patreon to support the show, cover our costs for hosting and whatnot, and. Uh, Hey, if you are looking at your podcast player and you see our new art, we were able to use some of the funds that we've made from this show to commission an artist to create for us a new logo. So, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're taking the money and putting it back into the show. So if you like it, we would really appreciate anyone who subscribes. Uh, and thank you to our Patreons, to our Patreons, to our patrons. Um, <laughs> Ben, where can people find us online? Yeah, of course. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at TalkAboutBirds. Follow us on Instagram at TalkingAboutBirds. Uh, of course, you can email us any questions, thoughts, musings. You can tell us uh, that we don't look good in our new art uh, or, or whatever opinions <laughs> you might have to TalkAboutBirds at gmail.com. Um, we got a TikTok. I've been talking about it. It's huge. People love it. Check us out on TikTok. Um, if you prefer to listen to us on Spotify, go to Spotify. We're also there. But most excitingly, if you don't want to remember all of that crap, or if as soon as I said it, it falls out of your brain, you could just go to talkingaboutbirds.com and find all the wow. socials. You can find uh, our voices. Maybe we'll have some pictures of us, all that new art, everything. Uh, again, that's talkaboutbirds.com. Nope. Check us out. Nope. Talking about birds.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Our branding is consistent and good. Talking about birds.com. I'm updating the copy and the outline right now. Uh, yeah, hit us up there. Uh, and of course, you know, tell, tell your friends, grab people's phones and subscribe for them. Um, Guerrilla marketing, go for it. Um, and thank you to everyone. So excited. We got real baseball. So excited the season's going. Um, yeah, thank you all. 
Yep. All right. So the Cardinals now uh, have an off day and then head into the first divisional series. Wow. Uh, first big series of the year against the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, ben, how are you feeling about this series? Yeah, I mean, uh, the Brewers are who we thought they were, right? Uh, first go through of the uh, of the rotation for them, Freddie Peralta and uh, Brandon Woodruff are really, really good at baseball. Corbin Burns got hit around a little bit. I highly doubt that is going to happen a second time through uh, or his second turn. So, um, you know, it's it's going to be difficult. Uh, the Cardinals do like batting at the Brewers ballpark. So looking forward to that. Um, but, but their team has been showing up really well. A uh, new ad, Brian Anderson has already got three home runs for him. He was, uh, one of the late ads in the off season and part of our, our free agent game. He's looked really good. Uh, Bryce Terang, Joey Weimer, a couple of their really young guys, Garrett Mitchell have all hit really well so far. Um, and you, know, we know it's a matter of time before Willie Adamas, and uh, who's their their big first baseman? Um, uh, Rowdy, Rowdy uh, start. I think Rowdy yeah. Telez hit a mammoth home run last night. Um, so those guys are starting to heat up a little bit. You know, the team is is looking good. Uh, you know, I think the Cardinals can handle the young hitting crew, um, but the pitching is it's it's you know it's stout. It's scary. Uh, we'll we'll kind of see what happens there. Um, yeah, I don't know if all the starters have been announced just at this time, but. Uh, we're going to get a couple of those three uh, big meanings at the top. Yeah, so um, Burns is actually pitching today and has already completed his uh, start, and he got lit up again. So we'll oh. we'll uh, we'll we'll enjoy it's that. Yep. Yeah, he went four and a third, giving up six earned runs uh, on seven hits and two walks. So wow, uh, we probably won't get Burns, but I expect we'll get Woodruff and Peralta at the yeah. least, and. Um, but uh, if I can laugh at the Brewers for a moment, did you see this kind of went around online? Uh, they had for opening day, they had a flyover. They had a oh yes, know, some, some <laughs> yeah. military jet come real low over the stadium, but their roof was closed. Idiot, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, stupid Brewers. Um, so yeah, they they're looking good though, as we expected. Ben and I both predicted uh the cardinals and the brewers to likely be 90 plus win teams this year and uh they've got a lot of things that are clicking for them early obviously i'm sure yeah. they're worried about corbin burns uh but it is only two starts and uh you know maybe he's still reeling from his uh arbitration case uh yeah but i'm sure that's what it is <laughs> but uh Same. yeah we won't be foolish and, and write him off he's got a, a pretty good resume um, I'm, I'm sure he'll yeah. be just fine. Um, but we'll take Not it bad. for now. What, you know, any disadvantage for the brewers, as long as everyone's healthy, I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah. And, uh, after that, the aforementioned three game series against the Rockies, which Ben and I will be at all three games of, I think yeah. Ben, you, you can, you, I know you got them already. You can maybe describe but one of the games we're going to be behind home plate, right? How far back are we? <laughs> We got fourth or fifth row somewhere around there. Okay, a it's so a little a bit on the rocky songs. Yeah, <laughs> so you'll see a couple of ding dongs maybe when the camera goes a little wide on the batter's box. Uh, yeah, yeah. So keep if an you're eye a Denver fan listening, uh, you know, throw something at us, attack us physically. Um, let us know. Yeah. We want to hear from the fans. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, we got uh yeah, the the we got good seats. We're bottom bowl. We're you know, I they come once a year. I spend a little extra money on it. It's fun. Yeah. Um, so what can we expect from the Rockies? Uh Ben, you've been <laughs> you're you're a diehard Rockies fan. I know you know, big year it, for the Rockies. What can we expect? Yeah, it's this is the part of the season where I'm watching the Rockies too much um and immediately reminded how terrible they are. They've been bad. They've been bad to start the season. CJ Crone hitting a little bit of uh, he's got some power uh and um and and that's really about it. I mean, they don't they the Cardinals should just absolutely wipe the floor with them. Uh, El Hirius Montero hasn't really been hitting uh, jerks and Profar. Obviously he had a weird off season. He's looked bad to start. Chris Bryant has looked bad to start. Still hasn't hit a home run. Uh, Mike Mustakas has not found the fountain of youth yet. Um, and uh, <laughs> I don't know. I will say Ryan McCann, McMahon. Um, he's good. Uh, he's been playing well so far. He is a uh, move position again, took him out of his gold glove position and they put him at second base, you know, just a team that confounds and confuses. Uh, that's the position player side on the pitcher side. Kyle Freeland has looked okay to start the year. Uh, he made, I don't know if you saw this, but he made a fantastic play in San Diego and had a pretty solid start as well. I think he's a big question mark for the Rockies this year. Is he going to be good? Is he going to be consistent? Um, and then, uh, when you go down to Herman, Herman Marquez, he, he's doing that thing that he does where he doesn't know where his 97 mile an hour fastball is going and it ends up in the middle of the plate and people hit it. I saw Xander Bogarts hit something to uh, left field in the in the Padres stadium, which, you know, that's it's pretty deep up there in like center left second deck, like just under the <laughs> scoreboard. And I mean, that's what happens when you're when you're you know, Herman Marquez and you, you, you leak your fastball middle in. It's just, uh, they're a bad team. Um, <laughs> they're the, I think they're the second worst team in baseball. Um, all that to be said, the Cardinals need to come in and just pound them for three games. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be the first series against a bad team. Uh, the Brewers, you know, we'll see how that goes. And then hopefully it can be a nice, refreshing three-game set in in Colorado. Uh, we'll be there running on the field, uh, throwing pitches in that <laughs> stupid game that we've committed ourselves to. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, this, the, the, I, I just thought of this. The pitching, uh, and I, I can't think of the guy's na- name right now, but the pitching machine that we'll be playing on was the same pitching machine that the guy who got signed by the A's was it last year or the year before. He was oh, right. uh, caught. There was a video of him throwing like 95 on that. And then he got signed by the A's uh, like the next day. Um, Here we go. Let's see what happens. Here's my chance. Hey, Zach Greinke threw like a 44 mile per hour pitch and everyone loved it. <laughs> Great point. I feel like I, have, I bring I a Grinky vibe to, uh, oh, to the you're league. So you know? thoughtful. Yeah, you're methodical <laughs> in your approach. It's there should be oral histories written about the way in which you approach the game. I meant deeply uncomfortable to be around. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Then yes. <laughs> As somebody who spends too much time talking to you, I agree. Yeah. Um, all right. So should be a, a good, good couple series. Um, I think that's everything from a Cardinals side that we wanted to talk about. 
Um, so should we get into some league news? Let's do it. Uh, so yeah, let's start off. Uh, so I think really like the first thing I wanted to talk about was just like, we have a week of the new rules happening. Holy cow, this Mm -hmm. is going on. Um, and it's kind of spurred a conversation. Offense is up right now. Increased offense so far in the early season. Uh, the league slugging percentage is 413. It was 379 last year. Obviously, league-wide, that is a significant change on an individual basis. Not so much. Um, what I think is interesting is, well, is it the pitchers are being timed, obviously, so they're feeling a little more rushed, so their pitches aren't as perfect as maybe they would prefer them? Or is it what Alex Cora is positing uh, when he said in an interview uh, yesterday, the ball is flying at Fenway. I've never seen anything like it. And he went on to imply uh, or, or, or to question which ball MLB was using we this year. <laughs> First oh, week. Oh, man. Nothing I love I, more than talking about the ball. What do we got this well, year? We got the juice ball. We got the dead ball. What do we? Well, I'll tell you about? what. If, if we if we're playing this Manfred time ball, no shift timed ball, and then we bring in the Manfred juice ball, like he's this is his this is his dream, right? This is what he wants: is home runs everywhere, quick pace, and no shift. I'm curious. I think this is something we'll pay attention to as the years goes on. The year goes on. I will be paying attention. I, I care about this at least. Which ball? Yeah. Are we using? Because I feel like it's just underreported last year. The fact that the MLB basically admitted that certain balls were used in certain situations last year. Um, and I feel like that kind of got swept under the rug. So we'll see. Obviously there's a bunch of nerds that understand like aerodynamics and the way in which the ball interacts with the air and air pressure. And they'll explain it to us and we can hopefully read it and make sense of what they're saying. But I don't know. Alex core is a smart guy, um, a cheater, but a smart guy. And, uh, (laughs) I don't know when he says something like that, it's somewhat interesting. It should also be noted the uh, Red Sox have gotten pounded this season by like the Orioles went in, just destroyed yeah. them. So it could be like, uh, wow, our pitching isn't good. I need to say something. I need to um, say something. Yeah. Like, I it's hope not this isn't real. Them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not yeah. you. It's me. Um, yeah. I mean, if there, if it really is the, the juiced ball, uh, we're in for, probably a pretty offensive heavy year, which would make sense yeah. if they're doing all this marketing, they're doing all this stuff to like get people to watch games. And then they go in maybe the last few years were experiments on what balls should be yeah. used during the, and here we are now we're, we're we've got juiced balls and we've got, uh, you know, timers on everything. So, uh, games are going to be high scoring and over fast. Like, yeah, I get it. I, I have some, issues with that uh you know but i i could see why that that would be appealing if your objective is to try to make the game uh more um action oriented and and more dramatic um i guess we'll see i i am so uh, you know a week now into the on the full rules in in major league games i think generally i am happy to call it a success the shorter games have been i think good we had an hour and 50 minute game yesterday with the sandy uh a contra complete game shutout which was wild that a baseball game could be done in in well under two hours um i will say like 
I'm not the first to share this concern, but I having watched a shit ton of baseball in the last week, I could see it more dr- directly that I do worry about pitcher health and longevity in this sort of new world. Um, those cool down periods, especially later in the game, I do think don't just serve a purpose of like the strategic element and like the dramatic element, but also just it really hurts to throw a ball. Trust me. I know. And, (laughs) um, I think that cool down, you know, might be good for guys. And so I'm wondering, uh, I'm hopeful that it doesn't lead to more injury. Um, you know, I, you know, my long, my big theory of baseball is that every pitcher should only go three innings and you should just have like your entire team should just be a bullpen. Uh, I think we could be marching towards that with rules like this, you know? Uh, but I don't know. It's all, it's all pure speculation. Um, I think we won't know that until maybe multiple years of these new rules to, to understand what is the health implication. Uh, or it'll be like July and everyone's rotation is going to be shattered. Yeah. I mean, this has existed in the minor leagues though. So I, I think we would know though, you know, but you're right. Well, it's a different yeah. level of competition. They're it's children more down games. There. We'll yeah. see. Um, yeah. And, and to kind of, uh, to add on to what you're just saying. So yeah, like you said, there was a game under two hours this week, twins, Marlins one fifty eight, And I thought this would be fun. Uh, if you have a guess, of what the shortest nine inning game of all time. Do you have a time guess on, on what you think that that might be? Hour 20. Hour 20. So New York uh, had six runs versus Philadelphia, one runs. This was in uh, 1919. Of course. The game was 51 minutes long. Nice. Get the it in second, and get out. <laughs> the second shortest game, St. Louis versus New York as well. 1926, 55 minutes. Now, that's not modern era. The modern era record, or at least uh, slightly more modern, uh, in 1944, Boston and Cincinnati, it was a 2 nothing game, was 115. Okay. It's completely that was pretty close, at least on modern. Um, yeah, that's so, really interesting. And I brought that up because I thought, like, this isn't completely crazy. Like, baseball has been here before. Um, obviously, the athletes and the game and everything like that are completely different. But I think it's interesting to add context that, like, it's still slower than it was at certain times, um, even though those times are 80 yeah. years ago. Actually, but... No, I was going to bring up a similar thing. Not that long ago, comparatively speaking. So the the average game time right now is now matching the average game time of the 1981 season. So yeah. like 80s baseball, as far as rules and all that, like not that different than baseball of, you know, three, four years yeah. ago. Right. That's truly modern era baseball. And so some of the criticism or some of like the feedback from the, the older generation that led to these changes is that like this slow pace of baseball is a relatively new thing. And and that's true. Right. So uh, we're really just getting back to the speed of baseball from like the seventies and uh, early eighties. Now, 
whether that is good or not, you know, is, is a, is an entirely different thing. Like, I think, you know, we, we, it's kind of, we don't really need to relitigate like the value of, of longer baseball games. It's done now it's been decided, but like, yeah, I think it is helpful to remember that. Yeah. We're actually only going back to like game times of the eighties, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting for sure. And all that to be said, MLB streaming viewership was up 42% on opening day. Um, so take that for whatever, nice. whatever it is. Um, but that's that's a big number. That's a big increase. We'll see um, how viewership goes on throughout the year. Um, I, yeah. think, I, I think my early read on this is we're going to look back at this and say, this is when baseball changed for the better. This is why the sport is in a better spot than it was. Um because you can't tell me watching a, a game in the middle of July last year that went four and a half hours was fun. Um, maybe fun in the moment, but not in the the abstract and out loud. Out loud. Anyways, moving on, uh, a little more crazy news. Anthony Rendon grabs a fan by the shirt collar <laughs> and tries to slap him in Oakland um, after the fan yelled some uh, obscenities at him. Anthony Rendon got a five-game suspension that was then de- uh, 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 lowered to a four-game Um I got a lot of opinions on this. You know, if you're going to say something, be ready for a, uh, a very strong uh, athlete to uh, maybe react poorly. Also, Anthony Rendon, maybe chill out, bro. Like, you're, yeah. you're fine. You're in Oakland. Um, everything's going to be okay. Uh, but, you know, if you're if you're going to say something, you better uh, either be higher up <laughs> in the stands where he can't reach you or, uh, I don't know, be ready. Yeah, yeah, I think you, it can be um, both sides can be wrong, you know. Yeah, Rendon should not attack a fan, uh, but also like that everyone's human, and yeah, uh, you know, you don't need to yell those sorts of things to an athlete. Uh, they they are people too, and are undoubtedly feeling worse as the person who did bad than yeah. you as a fan for having to watch that bad performance, like. It is there. It's worse for them. Other well, except yeah. for that they're you know making millions and millions of dollars. But still, that's a whole other yeah. thing. But yeah, like don't be a dick. But also, Rindo, uh, you know, have some chill. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because I think of him as this like pretty mild mannered dude from Texas. Yeah. You know, not a not a uh, grab the fan it's by the rough, collar. It's and been a rough few years him. for Rindo, other than having been paid hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, Outside of that. Like, you know, yeah, on the, the bank field. account, He's... bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, in much more important news, uh, very good news for the MLB uh, PA. Uh, they have agreed to a, a, a CBA in between minor league players, uh, major league baseball players association and MLB first CBA agreement for the minor leagues ever. This is absolutely groundbreaking uh, and pay across all levels is essentially going to double. Um, which means for most of those players, they'll make a bit more of a living wage. And I think what is a little more special is actually only going to be about six weeks a year where these guys are not getting paid. Um, yeah. Now, you know, it, it's still, I, I don't think it's enough money in my opinion to, it's not a livable wage, but if you have your food and your, uh, uh, rent and everything taken care of for six months of the year, you're getting paid for the majority of the year. It's definitely a much better situation than it was. And yeah. now that the MLBPA uh, or the major league baseball and minor league baseball will be negotiating together in future, uh, CBA agreements, you have to imagine they have, they have more power and the MLB, uh, 
uh, and all their money and lawyers and everything like that will be fighting for the folks in the minor leagues. So that is a, I think that's a massive change. I think it's far too little, far too late, but it is a big step in the right direction. So happy about that. Um, Good for them. I guess we'll see. Yeah. And, you know, to be fair, like it it could be, it should be more, but it's hard to argue with double. You know, like at least this wasn't like, hey, we're doing a 20% increase. Like if you look at the market, most people get, you know, it's like at least it's double. Like that's most people will be happy with it, with their wages being doubled, even if it like it still puts you at a a level that is too low. It's a it's a I think it is a a a really good start to uh, fixing a, a real problem with the league. Yeah. Yeah, and just yeah, like the, the structural nature of them having to organize and, and fight outside of the MLB union, which has, again, yeah. all the money, all the resources, all the power, um, it, it just makes sense, and I think it's great. Uh, question that I think has to be asked. Um, we we just said that we think these rule changes are si- signaling like a, a sort of a turning point for baseball. The CBA for minors is huge and a very good thing, like objectively good thing. Is Rob Manfred a good MLB commissioner? <laughs> um, I th- he is this. What he's doing right now is the most positive change baseball has seen in our lifetimes, um, and I think this makes him good. Um, I will say, like. It needs to be recognized, though, the MLB commissioner is not the MLB commissioner. He is a stooge for the owners. Um, yeah. And that is it. Um, so with that caveat put on top of it, yes, I think I think this this one change or what he's done this year is impactful enough um, and good enough for the game that you can you can say he is good. Um, but I want to be very clear. He's a stooge for the billionaires, and <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I'm not like a fan or anything now. Um, yeah, but you know what? As soon as he got onboarded, he said this is what, what he was going to do. He did it, and I think so far so good. But uh, we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's just we have been hating on Rob Manfred for years, and I think you know it's important that we're that we are consistent here and like, and and you know acknowledge that. This is good. Owners don't care how Rob Manfred is perceived, but I'm almost surprised just for MLB as a product, they don't get like hire Mark DeRosa as the quote unquote commissioner and then have somebody like Rob Manfred behind the scenes doing all the lawyer attorney rigmarole um, and having Mark DeRosa be a uh, or or somebody like that shape be the salesperson for the game. Because that's my problem with Rob is that he can't sell the game. Obviously, he is good at uh, the business side and uh, and making the owners more money. Um, so, you know, it, it's just yeah. two it's just two different things. And if fans expect one thing and the MLB owners expect another thing and they're not aligning. That's just how it is. Mark DeRosa. Great smile. American hero. <laughs> right. But if you're <laughs> sending him over to UK to talk about the Cubs Cardinals series, hey, people will like that. If you send Rob Manfred over, people are going to be like, who is this worm? Why is he on my yeah. television? He's practicing his golf swing uh, <laughs> without a golf in his hand. 
or without yeah, a club without a golf in his hand yeah. without yeah. a golf in his hand isn't that what those <laughs> things are called you yep. hit the golf ball with the golfs man yeah. your athleticism it's just really coming out <laughs> in this episode thank you <laughs> uh i i think that's everything right so that's all we got uh, all right we're gonna wrap up this episode with the little game uh if you're new to the show we play games at the end of the episode most of the time and we're going back to a favorite ben are you ready it's time for another episode another edition of who is this guy who is this guy Bring all it. right i'm in mid-season so, form baby if you're new to the show uh, the way this works, I have a set of facts about a former uh, or current uh, St. Louis Cardinal. Wow. There'll always be someone who played for the St. Louis Cardinals. The facts begin uh, very vague and will become increasingly specific. Ben has to guess after each fact is revealed um no do four or five facts by the end i'm basically giving it away so uh ben you've you had a, a rough stretch there for a little while with this game but uh last time we played it you got it on the very first fact yeah. <laughs> so, if this is your first episode listening just remember what nate just said there i got it on the first one so i'm yeah. very smart wow okay so uh yeah. here we go first one this player was born on November 26, 1985 in Galveston, Texas. November 21st, 1985, Galveston, Texas. Okay. November 26th, but yes. 26, okay. Big old Texas boy. Yeah. A little older than myself. Uh, he played on the Cardinals. My first guess... Not sure if this is accurate or not. Where was Miles born? Um, I'm gonna say my dear friend of the pod, Lance Lynn. No, good guess though. No, okay, it is not Lance Lynn. All right, all right. This player has played for three different teams. The okay. Yankees, the Padres, and the Cardinals. Yankees, Padres, and Cardinals. Okay, that makes it a lot easier, I think. Uh, Texas boy, older than me. Yankees, Padres, Cardinals. Matt Carpenter, let's go. <laughs> yeah, you got it. I thought that might be too easy. <laughs> That's he's too only easy. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he's a well, superstar. Okay. He lives. He has a huge place in my heart. Come on now. Also, yeah. I rule. You suck. <laughs> well you know i'm always trying to find a balance with these games but hey good job um thank you. you got it matt carpenter here's the rest of the the stats led the league in hits in 2013 doubles in 2013 and 2015 walks in 2014 and assists from third base uh huh. in 2014 and then if you somehow hadn't have gotten it by there by then my last fact was Currently looks like he's auditioning for a live action Mario movie. <laughs> hey, that could be Trent Grisham right now, too. <laughs> but he was Have not a Cardinal. That, so. that Trent Grisham. Oh, yeah. Okay. Good point. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. He seems like a guy who would end up being a Cardinal. I don't know. I like him. Yeah. 
uh, having a good start to the year. Yeah. Remember Hit when uh, that that ball went right under his glove for the Brewers, and then they traded him yeah. like two months later. <laughs> yeah. For Whoops. Arias, it was a, it was a good trade. No, Arias is yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Well. That was that went out with a whimper. Nice job, Ben. Good game. Um, <laughs> I rule. <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, if you have an idea uh, for a silly game or something that we should do on the show, let us know. We are always open to hearing ideas and different things. Uh, Ben's making a very strange uh, face at the camera right now at me. Um, we'll be back next week as always with another episode. Please check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash talking about birds. Get in that bird score. We want to talk to you. Uh, tell your friends, tell your parents, tell your grandparents, tell your kids, tell your dog. Uh, we out here. Oh no, it's getting worse. <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> um, thank you everybody. And until next week, go Cardinals. TalkingAboutBirds.com 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 bringing big creep energy to the <laughs> yeah, show yeah you got your hair slicked back yeah i got my hair slick i got a haircut on saturday first one in wow. about six months let's wow. go i also got my haircut oh no one could tell yeah here we go looks like hello the every- emoji <laughs> <laughs> fuck you all right here we go